Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, oh, that sounds awful. Na 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 ding dong. Ho 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 ho. Yeah, I'll stop. I'll stop. This is the voice of Christmas. And the. Well, why not? You know? Yeah, well, I I figured nobody else is looking. So, uh, also, it is. uh, It's the voice of um, Messiah, which will be performed. Wow, a bigger promotion yet. Handel's. No less than that. He's pretty handy. So we've always noticed that. Yeah. And it is going off at the uh, at the Orpheum Orpheum Theater the the ten, uh, tonight. That's the place that the em- emphasis usually is on great music, and that's what you will find at this. We have attended it how many times? I know I've been there twice. Yeah. At the uh, yeah at the Messiah. Yeah, I'd say mm-hmm. probably at least three times, but two or three. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's uh, the voice of, of Mary Ann. Mrs. Claus. Who? Mrs. Claus. Mrs. Claus. <laughs> well, you said you're the voice of, of Christmas, so I figured I'd be Mrs. Claus. Go right ahead. And uh, any claws you want. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're here to talk about food, about restaurants, about cooking. If you um, have not listened to our program at any point along the way, first of all, I, I know one of these days we'll get you. But uh, also, I, I want you to know that uh, yesterday we got into a, a, a kind of a rough, but uh, on, in the long run it wound up being uh, kind of fun, uh, with a lot of people, about a dozen of them maybe, about how to put together your Christmas feast on Christmas Day or New Year or Christmas Eve or wh- whichever one you are celebrating the most. How do you go about uh, making a big party for that? You know, it's uh, a lot of different ways you could go on that. And yesterday, the the thoughts were more in the direction of building big uh, platters full of uh, meats and uh, just about everything you could think of. And uh, we uh, had a lot of controversy over this, like uh, should you use... uh, a, a ham when you're also using a beef, a, like a big, thick steak. Well, we, we went back and forth on that. I thought uh, just having those matters uh, going back and forth between both halves of the, uh, of the controversy uh, was, uh, was pretty enlightening. We had a lot of people with a lot of different ideas, so I figured I will open that up again if you want, if you want to talk about uh, what you're going to be eating on Christmas Day, uh, if you know, call me and tell me, because uh, a lot of people listening to us do not know exactly what they're going to do on that date, and uh, some of them don't even have a date, so you know how tough that can be, but uh, I'll get past that in a second. You know what? I wanted to ask something. Ask something. Um, I was just writing a piece for noenu.com for tomorrow on two menus that came in. For very non-traditional things to do on Christmas Eve, and one was a Hanukkah brunch. Uh-huh. And I thought those were really interesting because there are some people who don't celebrate Christmas the way everyone else does. And I remember you mentioning years ago that there were lots of people at Chinese restaurants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, which I always thought was really strange, but I guess that that would be a place where people who don't celebrate it traditionally mm-hmm. uh, could go. And I, I was surprised to hear that they were open, but in fact, not only are they open, but they are packed. And so um, I'm wondering if anyone else 
does something completely different on Christmas. Who yeah. who has done this in the past? Has anyone gone to have well, Chinese food there's, there's, on Christmas Eve the, or Christmas Day? The, the Chinese uh, thing is almost a no-brainer, but the, the one that gets most of it is the five happiness. Yeah. And it's, I think it's because of where they are located and the, the, the people who would come in uh, probably either live around there Mm-hmm. around the universities, uh, or they uh, they might just be thinking a different kind of celebration. Yeah. And uh, there's another one. Uh, if you were to go to the Windsor Court uh, during Christmas Day and Christmas night, maybe even Christmas Eve, uh, you'll see that there are a lot of people who are really celebrating there. And... Uh, if you, if you know them well enough, and I, uh, I have a lot of friends who can claim this, uh, they uh, say, you know, it's, it's our annual Jewish holiday. And there's, uh, and we don't mean anything. So the question is, that, that was my second question. If you are celebrating Hanukkah, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, what is the typical Hanukkah feast? Because... I mean, I know brisket is a big deal. It, it's, it, I, I think the, gr- uh, the number of people deal. who are there goes up. But I think the people who show up tend to eat the same things and to, to celebrate. Yeah, so what would that be? Friends I and, mean, I hear the term Jewish brisket a lot. And uh-huh. I don't really even know what that means. I think it's probably just a slow-cooked brisket in the oven with... Kind of a gravy, that's, you know, that's, like a brown gravy. That's that's pretty good. Uh, I remember some years ago, I forget how this got um, put together, but there was a lady who listened to our program all the time, and she said, you know, uh, we're doing Passover soon. How would you like to bring your show over here, and you can do all of the, the password uh, material? And uh, I think you'll find it pretty interesting. Yeah. And so we did, and I watched her cook all of the stuff. It has it's very distinctive cuisine. Well, it's very traditional for very sure. Very traditional. Now you said a Passover. Now is Jewish uh, listeners, please call and enlighten us. Um, yeah, you'll know more you, than we do. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if you have a specific uh, tradition and ritual that you follow for Hanukkah. That is different, I would imagine, from the one that you would follow at Passover because you're celebrating two completely different different things. things. Uh, Just like our Easter and Christmas, although in uh, Christian households, they pretty much eat the same things. There's not that heavy tradition where you... You know, you follow each course, or you yeah. know, with well, something from that's from, very yeah much. biblical. But in in Christian households, you got your ham, you got your turkey, you well, got your Easter eggs. Have, you won't have your ham, <laughs> trust me. No, it's what I'm saying though. Yeah. Is is yeah. it's the same thing that you eat for both Easter and Christmas? Whereas well, I don't know if this is the case, but in a Jewish household, are those traditional items? much more fixed and what are they yeah very much so and we did this show from this lady's house and she had Mm -hmm. her whole family there the passover celebration is very much Uh locked into position right and the whole family takes over including the very old people and also the very very young people yeah well it's it's all part of a it's like an you pass you pass yeah Phrases on and things like that, which is kind of a fascinating thing. Yeah, but it, it um, is. But anyhow. But uh, in in, a, in traditional American, uh, not American, but traditional Christian households, you just sit down and eat. Yeah. Well, I got a chance to see how they do the brisket. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a big, big part of the pass. Uh, what, what is that about? If someone could call and explain that, I would appreciate yeah, it. We, because we'll it is absolutely... Somebody. A tradition. I know that Jude's father-in-law is Jewish, and his mo- his mother-in-law always has brisket with um, just a big pile that's, of really great um, braised kind of brisket with a, a gravy. It's always yeah. really, really good. I've uh, spent a couple of uh, Holidays with them, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, indeed, I mean, it's a very straightforward. Well, I think she does that every holiday. It's not necessarily a, a Christmas thing. She Because we've never actually been there for Christmas, but... Uh, for Thanksgiving, I know that she's yeah. had. I know that she's had the uh, the brisket. 
Anyway, uh, 260-6368, if you would like to jump into mm-hmm. this conversation, I would love to understand a little bit more about these different cultural traditions because um, I'm not Jewish and um, I think it's a I think it's definitely a fascinating one to observe and what is the meaning of fill in the blank and anyway there are two places that have these non-traditional menus out there and they are actually from the same group and one of them is at Longway Tavern on Christmas Eve they're having a Chinese American menu and then it's all a la carte it's not a fixed price it's all a la carte and then Mobar is having a Hanukkah menu Mm. on a brunch a Hanukkah brunch and um, I don't know, is Hanukkah on Christmas this year? I mean, they kind of, they, they sort of are in the same neighborhood, but not necessarily the same day, although sometimes they do fall on the same day. So um, I have an almanac around here There somewhere. is a brunch yeah. for Hanukkah at Mobar, and it's a kind of a limited brunch, but, um, and I would imagine there are a lot more dishes that you could do, but I don't know what they are. Anyway. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. Tom, you do not have your almanac today, do you? I do have it, uh, and it, but I, it's in. I, no, I think it's the same it's problem in, we've had all week, which is we've already covered fill in the blank. Well, uh, it's it's in the pocket of my jacket, which is over there. Okay. So I uh, will get it, uh, and uh, uh, if there's anything major league wrong with it, uh, we just. Uh, Wonder how it ever happened to us. Two six zero six three six eight. This is the food show, and every day we like to talk about food, and uh, most of the time we try to actually eat the food, and uh, do all of the things that work up to making a nice dinner. Whether it's uh, the buying of everything that, that may sound sound like kind of an obvious item that you have to take care of if you're cooking a dinner is to have actual food. But uh, you absolutely do have to have that, and so that's where it all comes in, and uh, we find out a little bit more. But let's see. Somebody's on hold, and uh, I didn't catch it. Allie's here. What do you know? Alan, I was hoping Alan Alan would call. Alan, welcome to the food show. Yes, thank you for calling, Alan. Can you explain these things to us? I certainly can, yes, because I am also the Jewish gourmet. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Not only is he the uh, the um, gourmet transplant, but he's the uh, <laughs> right gourmet, the Jewish gourmet. Yes. The Jewish gourmet transplant. If I can insert uh, a, a line by a, a late friend of mine uh, some years ago, uh, he he said, uh, "Yeah, you think that uh, that Jews eat well, and just we're the." Grimes of the world, where was he? Yes. And uh, and from all I've seen and all the people I know, uh, it seems like that's indeed exactly what the deal is. All right. So tell us, Alan. What? First of all, there is a difference in the traditional meal on those two holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Let, well, yes. And let me uh, say that the first night of Hanukkah. Um, is this Sunday, so it's going to run, and as you know, it's, it's it's eight nights or eight days, so it's going to go through Christmas uh, this year. Um, Jews go by the lunar calendar as far as uh, holidays go, so um, it changes every year. It does sometimes right. it's at, uh, it may be at the beginning of December uh, or at the end, running into January. Anyways, uh, let me explain that that Hanukkah is is not a big holiday. It's not a major holiday uh, for Jews. Uh, It only became, um, I guess, popularized when immigrants, when Jewish immigrants came to the United States and um, the kids felt, you know, people with families (laughs) needed something to celebrate around (laughs) Christmas time. Uh Uh-huh. Well, because Hanukkah... The, the you know it's 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 celebrating a battle the Maccabees fought off the uh, uh, oh goodness not uh, uh, I forget who but it, it's a celebration of a battle of a victory uh, the fact that they only had a little bit of oil left um, to last uh, in the temple for a day or so but it lasted you know, the oil lasted for eight eight nights so we call it the festival of lights. 
and we celebrate it around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. But and it happens, and it happens too. Um, actually, as I say, it according to the lunar calendar uh, around late fall or winter. But uh, yeah, again, not a big holiday. Um, but we do have certain things, uh, traditions, and one thing we do uh, besides spinning the dreidel and lighting the menorah is we eat latkes, potato latkes. And I'm going to let Tom say something about I, that. I, I think that's the thing. Marianne was looking for something that had a general sound like that. Did you hear what he said? No, I, yeah. I asked you about babka. But babka. Yes, which is a dessert. Oh. But um, but latka is the potato pancake, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, latka is a potato pancake, exactly. And it's uh, generally eaten with uh, either applesauce or maybe, um, gosh, my mom used to put cottage cheese on it, but she put cottage cheese on a lot of things um, <laughs> in my house. But uh, And uh, let's see, what else? So pastries in general, too. Um, the kids here at uh, the high school, we have a Jewish club, and last um, last Thursday they uh, did a little presentation on Hanukkah and brought in donuts. So either latkes um, or donuts, mm-hmm. pastries, mm-hmm. jelly. What is the, what is the significance salt. of the Jewish brisket? What is that about? Now, there you go. So that, that is just something I have in my home. Every Shabbos, every Friday, my mom would um, cook uh, a brisket, you know, in a pot. It just, um, it's, and it's just a typical, it's a traditional uh, protein uh, meat food of, of Ashkenazi Jews, Jews from oh, Europe. Okay. Uh-huh. And, uh, and in a Sephardic Jewish home, probably not brisket. Um, it, it could be, it could be, but. Um, basically, uh, Sephardics uh, have more of a vegetable, you know, the, the typical Mediterranean diet where you're going to have uh-huh. uh, stuffed grape leaves and, and there'll be meat. Don't get me wrong. Labna or, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so forth and so on. But mm-hmm. yeah, brisket. Gosh, I, I had enough brisket. My brother, you know, my brother still, because he had my dad, uh, he took care of my father until he passed away at 104. Oh, I, gosh. I, I may add. <laughs> and and uh, he took my father in when my dad said, okay, I'm ready um, to stop living by myself. He lived on his own until he was 98. Oh, wow. my goodness. Um, <laughs> and he had lots of people from the temple that would bring him. Um, he didn't have to go anywhere. You know, they'd bring him, uh, they'd cook him casseroles and uh, bring his meds to him. And, he, you know, he did pretty good. Uh, but my brother uh, said, okay, enough is enough. We're going to come get you, Dad. So picked him up, lived with my brother, um, and, and as I say, uh, until he died at 104. And it was a, yeah. really wow. a celebration of Where was that? Where, where did he live? Jacksonville, Florida. But uh, okay. he had a house um, in Jackson, Mississippi, of all mm. places. So and mm. that's, that's where our, my primary years were in Jackson before I moved mm. to uh, New Orleans. Uh, mm-hmm. Right after high school, I said, "Dad, well, Jackson, I'm go. going to New Orleans." Yeah. Anyway, and I, yeah, hey, listen, in New uh, Orleans. Thank my you. Life. But anyway, I'm wait, not, wait, wait, yeah. he's not done. All right, do you want to well, hold because uh, well, we need to, to take a break. Can you hold for a few minutes, Alan? I'll be glad to. Yeah. All right, we'll be take back a break. with more of the food show okay. in a moment. But first, please, this. <clears throat>
Oh. Bless you, Ron. This is Mary Ann's favorite song, too. love it it means christmas to me thank you ron all right alan yes alan, all right there. alan's back that's a beautiful song that's a classic you know and, that- and a little bit bit of trivia i was going to say that some of the, some of the old-fashioned christmas songs like white christmas uh were written by uh jewish men uh irving oh. um what's it, irving berlin, berlin. uh-huh uh, thank you I think he did. Um, I think he did White Christmas. Blue, blue Christmas. But, White, or, Christmas. Or, White Christmas. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, White Christmas. Um, and and um, some of the others too. My, if I remember right, my dad used to always tell me. But anyways, um, yeah, I'm hanging on here. Okay, wait, wait. I want to jump back to the song thing. I don't know if you heard about it, but last night in the subway in New York, there was a sort of. I guess flash mob singing of that song with everybody waiting for the train. I saw that they were serenading one side of the subway was serenading the other side, and then at one <laughs> yeah. point they all sang in harmony. I think yeah. it was one of those amazing, beautiful things that happens in the New York subway around Christmas yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, fabulous, yeah. Involved, uh, Just yeah, about a hundred people. Just to show that I'm not the only one obsessed with that song. Anyway, all right, Alan. <laughs> so um, you were talking about traditional Jewish menus. Um, yeah, to a degree, I was. Yes. <laughs> and we, I, I say were, to were, a degree, because you were right in the um, middle of you, something when we had to take a break. So let's pick that oh, up. Oh. Well, probably talking. Oh, I was telling you about how my brother carried uh, on the the tradition, the cooking uh, recipes, uh, the way my mom uh, cooked. Uh, You know, my dad never wanted to go out to eat because he loved my mom's cooking. Um, But she would also make something called uh, rouladen. And I've heard uh, you and Tom refer to uh, rouladen. Yes, yes. Uh. It's meat kind of odd that meat is rolled around other meat so uh there's a layer of ground beef there's a layer of like thin strip steak like like mm, uh i don't want to say london broil but it could Mm -hmm. be a similar cut uh and it's rolled around pickles i know you like you know pickles make everything taste great um so there's pickles inside but the ground beef has onion bell pepper and um yeah, it's uh, it just cooked forever, you know, as as meat <laughs> generally is in Jewish homes. It's just um, <laughs> not overcooked, but it just seems like it's always been a big pot and cooked and cooked and cooked. Uh-huh. But but my brother, he ew, red cabbage too. Uh, in uh-huh. German, it's called ro- rodko, uh, which um, is um, really good. It, it reminds me a bit, or would remind folks of a. Um, uh, oh, cabbage when it's uh, sour like that. What's it called? Um, oh goodness, gave me. And, and, and no, 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 sauerkraut. It, it, it it's oh, a I little bit like sour. Yes. Yes, but red cabbage has. Um, it's really good. It's 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 kind of a vinegary. I, I don't like taste. red cabbage when it becomes sauerkrauty. I rather the other kind of cabbage. But anyway, go ahead. That's just I me. Do. Mm. So well, I'm just saying. Oh, and also potatoes. Uh, potatoes uh-huh. just about with every meal, yeah. yeah. And those are boiled, boiled potatoes. Were both of um, your parents Jewish? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Were they both um, Ashkenazi mm-hmm. Jews? Um, yes, for the most part. On my dad's side, um, it, it's, it's a little bit of a mystery where my dad's mom is from. Uh-huh. Uh, they don't know because they were, they were, they were being chased by... Um, uh, you know, they were they were moving around a lot, and I'm, uh-huh. you know, you probably heard the joke. Why do Jewish uh, people wear hats? 
Uh, it's because they're, they're, they never have time to relax and sit down and take their hat off because they're always on the go, um, <laughs> at least back in those days. That was I see. Okay. In, uh-huh. During the days of persecution when yes. they moved from one village to the next, yeah, mm. because, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, the less we think about Just, that, the better off we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> anyway. I think that might be your cue, Alan. I think Tom, that means, I think you're about ready to be bounced off. I can always tell when Tom that's has okay. a look on his face and he says, okay, thanks. Well, that's huh? I have my hat on, so it's okay. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, well, thanks for dropping in. And uh, Well, happy pleasure. holidays to you, Alan. You're always welcome here. Thanks so and, much. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be off from school. I'll be off oh. from school next week, so I'll be calling every day. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, well, okay. We, we have plenty of room All for right. you. Thank you. All right. Take care, Alan. Bye. Down the road. It's two six zero six I see on the almanac today because yeah. Tom found it. Mm-hmm. There's the salad panzanella, which is absolutely yummy, depending on the one you eat. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who makes it, and it's really extraordinary. It's uh, what is the origin of that? I would imagine it has something to do with some kind of conservation or not wanting to waste. I don't know. That's a good question. And uh, if I had Chef Andrea around, he could explain it to us, uh, or anybody who's really Italian. Uh, call us up and tell us if you happen to know Panzanella. This is uh, it's kind of a sweet. Bread, not sweet breads, no. which is a no. It's not a sweet bread. It's uh, but th- there are uh, some things going on there that you don't expect to find. It's just great. Though, I wouldn't it. like it if it was sweet. It's just bread. It's croutons, and it's uh, but it's but it's really good croutons. It's made. You you fry. You do the. They're homemade croutons. They're not those awful things that you see just gratuitously thrown on salads all over the place. These are homemade croutons. According to you here, Tom, they are they do what my mother did with her giblet dressing, which I found disgusting, but still it was really good. Um, it was stale bread mm-hmm. run under the water and then squeezed like a sponge and then put into the pan with onions and all that stuff for the dressing. Uh, but this, according to you, is that you get bread, you soak it in water, you squeeze it, then fry it in a bit of olive oil. I don't know if you go through that step. The one I've had from my friend who had us over and had that, but it, it didn't seem like it was something that was reconstituted with water. Anyway, two six zero six three six eight. We started the show with a um, a piece that I will have tomorrow in nomenu.com about uh, different kinds of dinners that you could have if you are not doing the traditional Christian feast with the turkey and the sides and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. If you are Jewish, there is a Hanukkah brunch at Mobar. And if it's there, you... Wait a minute. Mobar? Mobar has yeah. a Hanukkah brunch. And then <laughs> Longway Tavern in the same group has a Christmas Eve Chinese menu, which you've talked about in the past as something that people who don't do the traditional thing often go to Chinese restaurants, mm-hmm. which I was surprised to hear at first. But yeah, knowing true. that you know all of these things, well, I just trusted that this was true. And apparently um, someone else has heard of that, too, because they're doing it at Longwood Tavern on Christmas Eve. Hmm. That sounds good. Two six zero six three six eight. Is that that we need a break or is there a caller, Ron? Yeah, let's go ahead and take the break. Two right. 260-6368. You're listening to WWL 105.3 FM HD2. A little more music for um, the Christmas holiday. I think you'll recognize this one.
All right. All right. Indeed. Let us welcome in Don, the gourmet neighbor. <laughs> well, hello. How are you? Uh, we're good. Thank you. Look, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just do this right on the air. I okay. will be uh, I will be gone on uh, the first week of the year. So okay. uh, I am offering you my chair on Monday or Tuesday, the 6th or the 7th. So let me know by email if you okay. can or want to do Perfect. that. Okay. I, I, of course do. I will. I will let you know. Okay. Good. So, pan, <clears throat> excuse me, panzanella. Is that what you said? Panzanella? Yes, yeah. panzanella. Uh-huh. So, pan, panzanella is just uh, stale bread, whether it be a French right. bread, a boulet. You cut it up in pieces, you throw some olive oil in a pan, some salt, some pepper, you crisp it up, you make a vinaigrette, and you toss it with uh, tomatoes, cucumber, basil, onions, capers. That's it. That's all it is. I'll bet you Nothing have a great recipe for it. That was it. That was the. Oh, that was your recipe. <laughs> I mean, where where did you get it? Well, I mean, we always made it. I mean, I guess it was a way to use up leftover bread and, you know, mm-hmm. leftover tomatoes, onions. It was just a way to, uh, yeah, to get rid of things. I guess. So well, it can be back. really delicious. It doesn't taste like a pile of leftovers. No, it doesn't. But you know, bread, olive oil, basil. How could it be bad? Yeah, you know? garlic. Yeah, if I, if exactly. Yeah, garlic, of course. If I can dig something up, uh, I think the capers are sort of what puts it over the edge, gives it that nice little briny flavor. And you really capers can't Capers is, is one of those foods of the gods. Yes. It's sort of like anchovies. If you don't know, there are so many things that anchovies or anchovy paste is in that you right. don't even know, but you taste it and it's like, wow, what is that in the background? And that's what yeah. it is a lot of it's a it's so, a wonderful flavor, and the funny thing is that you can take them when they're still in almost a seed uh, level, and then watch them grow. They get bigger and bigger and bigger, and when they get to their biggest size, that's the best size, and then they go through the cycle that uh, just about all plants do. It puts up a, a flower, and then the flower goes over the over the uh, ledge there to. Uh, I, Turn it into I don't a think fruit. I've ever I don't think I've ever seen them fresh or wild. I, I, I had I had never done so until I was in the the island of Capri, which is where Chef Andrea came from. He uh, nice. uh, no? and I was driving around, and then uh, there was these these bushes all over the place. And I asked the guy who was driving the cart. I said, "What is? What are those?" And he says, those are capers. I said, pull oh. off to the, over on this. I've always sure. wanted to see them. Well, it's kind of hard to do in Capri. You can't pull so, over to the side of the road or you go off a cliff. But I got out there. I got the thing, and I stuck one in my mouth, as big as I had ever seen. I chewed it up. It tasted like you were eating some straw or some. Yeah. Uh, well, it's got to be cured yeah. like anything else, it like olives. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's, uh, you need Eat it raw. Have, oh. Yeah. yeah. But here's something else that you, that is not well known, and it's uh, uh, the the fruit that comes out of this uh, is also usable, and you can sometimes I see them in cocktails. And okay, so we're, what we're talking about here, and now is the uh, the capers, 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 and the caper berries is the ultimate. They mm-hmm. they are the equivalent of a berry in any other plant. And uh, and there you are. And if you ever yeah. go into a cocktail lounge and they have something that has caper be- uh, caper berries in it, try them. They're good. Love caper berries. You know, yeah, I, I, I what? What were we gonna say? I said no. I do. I do too. I love them. I love capers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, it's hard to go wrong if you have capers in something. Except, as I learned not long ago, um, there is such a thing as too much caper if it, if it mm-hmm. isn't balanced out with something. So yeah, it's um, sort of like garlic. Once you cross that edge, it's just too much. Yeah, yeah it doesn't right. take. I'm I'm sitting here looking at my Christmas shopping list, which I did half of today at Costco for the bulk items, and I'm still I have you know one of these legal pads, and I still have like almost three pages of it's just crazy for what, what? what it takes to put something to for dinner. What it takes to put things together. It's just yeah, why not? I have to cook I have to cook it here and transport it across the lake yeah. to have the dinner at my sister in law's house. So that's gonna be interesting. Yeah. You know, well, we're doing that in reverse. 
And so uh, we we feel your pain, but you know yeah. it's still worth it. It's not as good as if you had yeah. it right at your house, but it's still worth it. You know. Well, it, it would be rough to put sixteen people in this condo. I can tell you that. That would well, be. Well, I tell you, uh, we had. I went to go uh, get some stuff for my daughter. She she had another cake to do today, and mm-hmm. um, they had these. They had these aluminum, uh, those throwaway things that you make as a pan, a pan of stuff, mm-hmm. and they right. were super cheap, and I b- bought a whole bunch of them, so I'm set for that for a while. Well, I went over to, are- I, 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 I love to go to a care restaurant supply about, oh, at least every six to eight weeks just to walk yeah. around, and uh, mm-hmm. I always get my uh, share of the plastic containers, the pints, the quarts, and then I get all of my aluminum from there because they have these nice covers that yes. go on top that are flat and then yeah. you can stack them in an ice chest. So uh-huh. they, you know, use it like a makeshift Cambro and that way you can at least try to keep things warm. How, how much are they there? Oh goodness. They're cheap. I don't know. A dollar, $2. They're real oh, cheap. Oh really? I'm going to have to go Every, check that out. Yeah. Good everything there Actually, is for really good prices. Do they have cake stuff there? Sure. Yeah. They have rounds. They have boards. They have everything there. Do they Pans, really? Where you do they have it. to go? Okay. That's when good you wa- to know. When you walk in, when you walk in, I think it's the second aisle to the left, and it's all loaded up with cake supplies. Excellent. I bought some par- Thank I bought you. Some I'm so glad you mentioned there. that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome place. Check awesome that place. Out. Okay. Right, if I, I will. I'll email you, and if I do not speak to you guys, have a merry Christmas, and you uh, we will see you on the sixth or the seventh. Thank you. All right. So. Thanks. Thanks Bye. for Take calling in. See ya. It's the food Don, show. the this gourmet neighbor. Okay, and we were talking. We are here talking about food, about restaurants, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And, um, and, uh, he called about Penzanella, the salad, but uh, we've got the almanac working again. And tonight is the night of the radishes. Uh oh. I've never even heard of that, Tom, but it's in Oaxaca, Mexico, mm-hmm. and it is, uh, it's it's where they carve large red skin, white interior radishes, weighing as much as six pounds, mm. carved into figures in the main plaza of the city, and they are sometimes nativity scenes because of this time of year. Thousands of people go to yeah. see the competition among the radish growers and farmers. That actually would be something very cool to see it, and it something worth putting on a calendar to, you know. The number of people who would ask you, what are you, what are, what, what are you doing with radishes anyway? My father and my mother would know because they also seem to have it. Uh, cake, excuse me. It was, they always had the um, radishes. Radishes. The red kind. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were for. I don't remember her saying so. She wouldn't stop me from they, eating them. Did but they, they eat did. them? They did eat them. Yeah. Uh, My dad used to eat them, too. I think it's like a poor person's vegetable, but now it's super oh well. hip. It's super Lately hip. It those, been, pink, yeah. those pink radishes are to be found on all of the A-list restaurant menus. You will see it everywhere. And certainly the hip the hip places, not A-list, but just hip places, you will see radishes. That is, if I had to say, what is the food ingredient of the year, it would be radishes. Radishes the are. The food of the year. The food I, uh, ingredient of the year, radishes. I, I would say it it would be a little bit more interesting <laughs> than, than that uh, for my own personal think, thinking about it. Uh, but it is something that it certainly is increasing in the number of uh, restaurants and bars and such that uh, we'll throw them in there. Uh, you see a lot of them lately in salads, too. So uh, it's uh, I, I don't know where all those came from, but the, the radishes are on the run. They're, they're definitely not on the run. They're everywhere to be found, everywhere to be found. Today is the birthday in 1943 of Harry Shearer. I know you like him. Harry Shearer? Harry Shearer of The Simpsons, part-time, actually more in New Orleans than in L.A., I think. Um, He is a resident, and uh, we ran into him in Susan Spicer's old general store, if you remember, in the building that that was most recently Sakale in the Warehouse District. Remember when Susan Spicer had a little... 
I think it was kind of like a little general store. It was a oh yeah, it was yeah, it, it was, in it was a the, food purveyor kind of place, and she well, had olives and barrels before anybody was doing that. She uh, she had a, a cooking uh, a, a cu- custom food uh, classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she did that for quite a while. It was that that huge building in the middle of the warehouse district with, that has it's not all really the, in the middle. It's toward the end. Well, but it's where Sakale was, right across from Annunciation. That's exact. Well, Sakale was actually in the building. Well, Sakale was not there at that time. It's been several iterations of things since then. One yeah. of them, that place from the West Bank, that I can't remember. That's got only one location now on the West Bank. I want to say Sunrise Cafe or something. That uh, Aislinn Hinyup's husband owns. Do you remember that? It had mm. like three locations. Oh, yeah. And it was, um, it, it had the name Sun, Sunray Cafe, Sunray Grill. Oh, Sunray. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, um, it, that was there for a while. And then I think that might have followed Susan Spicer's place. And then that was there. And then it became Sackalay. And there might even have been something in between there. But now it's just empty. Looking for a tenant, someone. Yeah. Well, they were trying to get uh, the, the guy. Uh, her uh, husband was actually a, a mechanic. No, he's not a mechanic. He's not a mechanic? No, he's a carpenter. He's a, well, that's what I mean. Oh, well, those are very different things. That's the same. Well, (laughs) both of them, you switch. If you have have a car problem, you you don't call a carpenter. And if you need a house built, you don't call a mechanic. So anyway. I think we can figure um, that out on our own. Yes. So (laughs) back to the original point, though. We ran into Harry Shearer. And, And who is he? About 20 years ago. He's the he he was um, this is Spinal Tap. He's a quirky actor from Los Angeles who spends a huge amount of time in New Orleans, probably more here than in Los Angeles. Oh, I remember him. The Simpsons him. voice guy. Uh, you yes. know, it, it just hit me who he is. Are you ready for this? He uh, he wrote a small uh, uh, forward to one of my books. Yeah. And he has continued to call me. So he's probably every thinking, now and you then. don't even remember who I am. <laughs> I, I think it's almost that bad, although it was my fault. He was on his. Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but he uh, he he bought several of my books. Well, and, yeah. And uh, if he's going to write a forward in it, I, you'd think yeah. that he would he would have mm-hmm. uh, he would be but, happy to. But get I, some. I I always thought he was really sharp and really funny. Yes, he is. Yeah. He absolutely so, uh, is. Anyway, today's his birthday. Happy birthday to Harry Shearer, wherever good. you are. Probably eating out in the warehouse district right now. You never know. Anyway, two six zero six three six eight is the number if you would like to join our little blather fest about food. Today in nineteen twenty eight, the National Broadcasting Company hooked up the first coast to coast radio network. Tom, this is a this is a holy day of obligation yeah, for you. Yeah, this yes. would have been 1990. No, no. Uh, so WSMB came online shortly after that? Right. Like, on, the same year? On NBC. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Poor WSMB, gone. Well, we were there long enough. I, mean, I know, it's... but it's a shame when the call letters go away like that. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, The Breakfast Club was on SMB, and, of course, Nut and Jeff, and, uh, and you, Tom. Imagine. Yes. Just just 30 years of it. That's yes. Well, I mean, it hasn't been SMB for a couple of years, right? SMB went away with... How long ago did SMB go? Cause it, it signed on the air in 19... 19- no, 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 no. I'm talking about when... It when, went away? Yes. Yeah, so it went away once, and then right. it came back, and then went away again. Here is, here's what I know about that. I was the last broadcaster. I know, but, but SMB went away many years ago, didn't it? And then it became WESPN. Is that right? No, that was uh, that was a different station. It was on 1450, the one you're thinking. Okay, so it hasn't been just three years ago that SMB was gone, right? No, it was. Uh, I want to say that was something else. That was three W L. Well, we were we, we we were that until about maybe three years ago. No, what three W L? Yeah, you were, yeah. but SMB went away a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Seems like it. Anyway. Two six zero. It's probably we, not a good memory for you, anyway. We were the first station to come back during Katrina. How you like that? Yeah. All right. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. Two six zero menu. Your deaf dining rule number seventeen. Tom, how many deaf dining rules do you have? 
I, and does ju- anybody I, I listen just, to any of them? Whenever I hear someone saying something that is clearly wise and gives you some good information in one sentence or less, I, uh, if it strikes me the right way, let's see, is it on, is it in here anywhere? Let's yes, see, right is. there. When choosing between two dining options with equal appeal, the more convenient one will almost always serve food of lesser goodness. Do you think that's sure. true? Absolutely true. Wait, what is that? What's the other saying? The more profound, um, sort of perennial, universal truth kind of saying, which is, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Well, it's not quite as good in terms of, uh, um, you know. Gotta, the harder you work, or but, uh, you know, one of those things. I'm, anyway. try, I'm trying to find uh, the the actual words of this, but uh, can't. well, nothing it's not turning nothing up. gain works. Well, sure, that's why we put it in there every day. Here's no, the no, deal. wait, no pain, no gain. That's right. Here's <laughs> here's what we're talking about, folks. In, in in case you're just saying, what in the world are they talking about? Uh, they probably I have, say that every day. Don't I have, you think? No, I have a, a kind of a. a a, a person who is just doesn't really dis- define himself too well, or nobody else does either. And uh, uh, this person has uh, such a, gr- a great. Are we talking about you, Tom? No, no, oh. no. It's never me. Uh, I'm not that smart. Wait, you're easily defined? I don't think so. Mm, no, well, uh, it's. Uh, I mean, I have a very clear definition of you, but I'm going to spare everyone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, the. This is a foodies in showbiz. We have anything? Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays and such. Want to talk about some Christmas stuff or sure. holiday stuff, like what your plans are for Christmas? Are you doing anything really unusual for Christmas? Okay, I have to decide soon. Mm-hmm. Am I going to the Christmas bonfires or not? On the on the go, on the uh, on the levees. levees. Does Good anyone luck. recommend that? Nobody. Besides incredible traffic, is there something really wonderful about it that I've never done it? I've never done it, and I'm uh, I'm curious to see if I'm missing something because I do want to do it at some point. I've heard. I've never actually seen it, but I've heard of it, and I've seen the piles of wood that they stack up in order to set a fire. Uh, which they do on top of the uh, on top of the levee, and it, it's what I what little I saw of it was pretty impressive. But uh, I hear that once you get a really good pile, it's licking the top, bottoms of the uh, of the of the passing planes. You know, it seems like it anyway. Hmm. So well, I'd like to know if anyone does that, and do you have any? If you've done it more than once. And you have some sort of tradition going that involves a whole evening of maybe going out someplace to eat. I would like to hear about it. Yeah. 2606368 on this day in 1675, King uh-huh. Charles of England ordered all coffee houses closed. Yeah. He had nothing against coffee, but he didn't like the tenor of the conversations going on in the places where it was dispensed. That's right. Two weeks later, he had to rescind the order. Such was the caffeine-addicted public's outcry. Besides, Starbucks threatened to cut off the king's frappuccino. Pretty funny. Mm. But you know what? It's really interesting because so many subversives have started in coffee houses. I remember going to... um, what is the name of the coffee house that I went to in Vienna? The Café du Monde. Which was where Trotsky launched. Mm-hmm. All the subversives start in coffee houses, I think. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> well, in America, we'll it's that. funny. It's funny that the coffee culture has been around for that long. I wonder how old coffee itself is. Do we have a we have a break, Ron, or we have, we have Keith? Let's Keith, get Keith. Welcome on. to the food show. Come on in. Keith. Yeah, thank you so much. I have a quick question for you. We yes. serve a spread on, not a not a traditional Christmas dinner, but a spread on Christmas Day. And one of the things we're having is a spiral sliced ham. How would you prepare that? Because you can't do like the root beer glazed ham that you no. talk about. With what would you? How would be the best way to to prepare it? You don't do anything. 
If yeah, you, you just want, open you, it up and put it on the table. If you want to get one of those uh, curled up, uh, pre-sliced and uh, the honey baked ham, honey yeah. baked ham, it's pick it up at the store. Start removing the uh, the yeah, that's it. The uh, the 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 coat, and that's it. You're done. And uh, oh, but a lot of people such is its charm. Somebody uh, every weekend, or no, excuse me, every time it comes up. And people see my root beer glazed ham, which, by the way, uh, I, not to brag or anything, but of all the... Well, I'll brag for you. It's fantastic. All the red, all the... Um, oh, never mind. Well, it's fantastic. It's what everybody wants. It's, it does That's why you it. can never get away from it, Tom. Anyway, that's it. You open it up and put it on the table, Keith. That's it. Yeah, and, that's uh, a signature dish. The, 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 uh, the, what you don't want to do is slice it or do the glaze or any of that stuff because it will screw up the one you just bought don't do okay. don't do both you have to have one or the other not both okay well thank you for your advice <clears throat> that's see, it thank you very much for giving us a call and we'll see you again I'll talk to you again i guess all right two six zero six three six eight if you would like to chat do, with do, us do, after do, the do. top of the hour because we are up at the news now and we'll be back for one more hour and uh we'd love for you to give us a call you are listening to wwl 105.3 fm hd2 <sighs> spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.